Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, where we are back fully jumping this time around from Ascot and Weatherby, where the Charlie Hall is the feature, as well as other graded and listed contests from Weatherby. Not forgetting, though, some really competitive premier handicaps, as they're now called, at Ascot as well. And I will be looking forward to all of these jump races in the company of none other none other, none other even, than Daryl Carter and Andrew Mount as well, who had another brilliant week last week. So hopefully we can keep this momentum up because last week, just to start with, it was at the head of the list. So of course, it's not just me putting it up there. Knight winning at 10 to 1 for Kate. Max Vega though, Andrew had to outdo their 22 to 1, tipped up by Andrew winning Max Vega. Pied Piper winning at five to six in the end we did tip him up though daryl at six to four my nap daryl tipped him up as well bella scintilla nine to two placed tipped up by andrew legend of xanadu 12 to one tipped up by andrew uh epic Epictetus, whose name i still can't get right three to mm -hmm. one placed uh when he was tipped up by andrew and entire eight to one placed tipped up by daryl so yeah as i say no pressure but we need to take this momentum forwards now over the jumps lads please so we will begin at ascot with a novices limited handicap chase for four-year-olds and over over two mile three at 130 where goshen oh my goshen <laughs> makes his chase debut so hold on to your hats here lads because he is the market leader currently six to four three rivals to contend with so andrew would you like to kick us off please yeah this is funny when um when i first looked at uh goshen uh, running <laughs> here I thought he, he's going over fences a bit late. He must be eight. And then I looked at oh, Crikey, he's only a six year old. It, it seems we've been discussing him for, um, you know, God knows how many years. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's by authorised who's uh, progeny have uh, got a superior strike rate over fences compared to hurdles. So you could argue that he's going to improve for the larger obstacles. If you could choose the ground, you'd probably want heavy, wouldn't you? Or you know, mm. at least proper soft. Um, so it might not be, um, you know, slow enough for him. How is he going to jump? Who knows? Uh, fascinating to see him turn up. Couldn't be bothered to back him at um, sort of six to four, though. I I'm looking elsewhere. Uh, Samarin for the uh, Nichols Yard was one of the interesting ones. He seems best right-handed. He did bomb out here once over hurdles last year, um, but sort of ran too badly to be true that day, I thought. And you look at his record right-handed in fields of 11 or fewer runners, it's three from three. So, um, you know, if I was going to choose um you know between the front two in the market i'd go with him over goshen um cobbler's dream i was particularly interested in uh sire yates said 1267 runners over fences if you back every single one you'd only make a tiny loss um, nine pounds 78 or less than 0.8 percent at uh, sp if you, if you took the best evening price the night before racing you'd have made 348 quid or over 27 uh, percent on turnover and I was a big fan of Cobbler's Dreams uh, run in the Lanzarote last year. Yeah, big field typically for that race. Probably helped to be, you know, uh, helped to race wide and come from off the paces. It does in that race. Yeah, he's ground it out from the front. That really impressed me. He goes particularly well when fresh. And, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe, it, was he nine to two, something like that? I, I'd take mm -hmm. a chance with him. Gal Road, uh, when this one made his chase debut at Perth um, last month, friend of mine suggested that you know the track was unsuitable he shouldn't be running he's only going up there because Nigel Twiston Davis likes to go on the piss and, uh, <laughs> and, and that, that's and, and I did look at um, his, his sort of chase chase debutants at Perth in September 
my God, he's got a terrible record. It does seem like it, it might be <laughs> an excuse to get out of the house for a couple of nights. So uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd expect to see Gal Road do better here. It's one of those ones where you just want to stick them all in the place spot and uh, and just enjoy the race for what it's going to tell you for the rest of the season. But I'll come down on the side of Cobbler's Dream. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if any of the four run. But it's a, it's a cracking race to start with. It is, isn't it? Like you say, small runner field there, but going to take on Goshen slash Goshen, then at the head of a market with Cobbler's Dream at nine to two. But I mean, to be fair, don't we all just take Perth as an excuse for a piss up anyway? It's the only reason I ever took a horse up there beforehand. So yeah, if that is true, if there is any truth in that, we love a bit of rumour. Uh, <laughs> Gal Rogue might well improve, but Cobbler's Dream as the main play for Andrew Darrell. How do you play it? Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like Gal Road. Um, I thought he would. I thought he'd improve a good deal for that. I didn't. I, I agree. I didn't think that the track suited him at all. I thought he was very awkward around the sharp right handed bends. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a performance that just screamed that he would improve over fences again. And that was actually his first first run right handed, I believe. Um, so he, he might be better going left handed. I don't. I don't know. But I'd be willing to give him another chance with fitness on his side and, and sort of that run under his belt. He, he definitely jumped like he. Uh, I mean, I've seen so many novice chases in the past, like the signs that they're going to improve. And I'm pretty hopeful that he will definitely step forward from that. Um, I, I thought Goshen, or Goshen, I thought he was a, uh, I, lo I love this horse. Don't get me wrong, we both do, Kate, don't we? Yeah. But yeah. I thought he was a woeful price at 13 to 8. Absolutely woeful. Um, I, he's a free going sort, look, as we know, you know. And for me, his attribute over hurdles was that he just bulldozed them. He sort of ran down a lot of them because um, he can jump out to the right. And he, he just sort of killed races in the mid part of the race with his speed. And then, like, he was just getting from A to B really over hurdles, a lot of them. Um, but he had killed the race by, you know, by two out in, in, in many of his contests last year. I, I can't look at him and see how he's going to jump a fence well. I, I really can't. I understand what Andrew's saying about his sire, but I just, him as a horse... He just, for me, doesn't arch his back over hurdles. He doesn't, he doesn't leave enough room. He doesn't bring his legs high enough. There's just so many things that I see in him that I don't see him being a chaser. I think, I, like before I started doing this race, I thought he was either gonna absolutely muller these and be favourite for the Arkle, right, or his, his race will be done within three fences. Uh, and and I'm and I'm honestly leaning towards the latter that his race will be done within three fences. Now I know those are strong words you shouldn't put your neck on the line, but uh, for me, I just don't see how he's going to improve over fences, given his what his attributes were over hurdles and jumping certainly wasn't one of them. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy to take him on. I thought Sam Reed was interested, definitely going to improve for for a fence. I just didn't know if I could trust him. Uh, and Cobbler's Dream was interesting. Um, he's got a fantastic record in handicaps, and uh, if he continues where he left off last year, he'll be a big danger. But I thought Gal Road, with, with the experience under his belt and taking a step forward, I thought he definitely almost ran up to his his hurdle form at Perth without you know being overexerted. So I thought he'd go well, and it, it'd be my choice. Yeah, and you were right as well. That was his first run right-handed as well last time out at Perth. So, yeah, going here right-handed again then uh, for Gal Road, the outsider of the four-runner field. But totally agree. This is going to be one way or another for Goshen. He's not just mm. going to sort of just about get there, is he? He's going to be super impressive or 
it's not going to go well. I, I like that. I, I can't tell. So I'm just going to look forward to enjoying it. I'll leave, I'll leave that race to both of you two to tip that up. Right. We switch to Weatherby where we have a novices hurdle for four-year-olds and over, over two mark, three and a half furlongs at 150. 11 runners, not the easiest to solve. Daryl, back to you, please. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have a bet in this, but I've just seen some of the prices now that Prairie Wolves, Wolves are two to one five. Yeah. Uh, that's too short for me. Um, I know Bally Glass is a nice horse. He's got that nice bump for from last year, but Prairie Wolf was really well placed at, uh, at Utoxta in a, in a very slowly run race and still couldn't get the job done. So um, that performance was like, I mean, it's not going to take a lot to win this, but it's going to take more than that to win this. Mm -hmm. um, learn a lot for Ollie Murphy. Uh, I thought was one of the more, more interesting ones. I thought that horse was going to be favourite, actually. So seeing 72 is quite quite strange. Um, he's already run up the course, ran behind the 120-rated Riley uh, when last seen back in March. Just for me, just sort of lacks the pace, um, really. I think we'll see the best of this horse when, when he goes up and trip over to three miles. I thought Joe uh, Joe Dancer was was the most interesting for Ben Paulin, who's got a, got a good record in this race. And... Um, this horse was miles clear on its point to point before falling. Um, and there's some form lines in there that tie it back to the looks of Bally Adam. Now that's obviously, you know, stretching a bit, but like there are plenty of like 115 to 120 form lines in that, in, in from that race, from that one point to point. And, uh, that's that's all it's going to take to win this. It's, it's not very deep at all. Uh, it's not one of the better renewals that we've seen either. So I thought the market would slightly underestimate Joe the Dancer. So that horse will do. Yeah, Joe the Dancer. <laughs> Why is that so tricky to say for me? Uh, yeah, then on the back of that fall, but Ben Paul with a good record in this yeah uh, in this race. But yeah, I mean, I thought Autumn Return would be favourite, and Daryl thought that Learnt a Lot would be fab. And yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tricky race to weigh up, is it, Andrew? Yeah, I'm interested in the same two horses as Daryl, um, particularly learned a lot. I mean, Joe Dadanza, you're guessing basically, 64 favourite for a point, fell when clear, um, could be anything. Ben Paul has got a good pedigree in the race, run it a, uh, run it a couple of times. But learned a lot was, I mean, a massive eye catcher on his debut. I wrote him up, uh, I can't remember if it's the weekend or racing a football outlook. Or, or my GG eye catcher's column, I've got so many fingers and so many pies, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> but uh, he was um, 22 to 1 on his debut at Wing Canton um, you know, for a maiden hurdle. Should have been a lot bigger, but because there was a, an odds-on favourite, the, um, you know, the, the SP was contracted. He's up against his 3 to 1 on stable mate, Duke of Rockingham. Clearly, the instructions were, for God's sake, you know, we're, we're bound to win this with the other one. Don't get too close to him. And um, he, he's slowly away. He's jumped poorly at the first. He's got behind. We know Wing Canton's a dog track. He, very hard to win, and you know, hey. over the pace. Really like that's Daryl's that's favorite. And um, <laughs> and it was a case of like, crikey, I'm going to have to start trying in a minute because the favorite's going to get beat. And uh, Duke of Rocky and finished second, got beaten at three to one on by uh, the Philip Hobbs trade Monavel. And um, you know, uh, learned a lot. Was only about five lengths back in in, in fourth. You thought, my God, you know, that should have been placed with any sort of ride. Um, next time out was well back to reverse the form with Monovel, but only finished third of five at Sandown after taking a keen hold, although did get closer to the winner. And then was odds on um, against Riley at uh, Weatherby over Saturday's course and distance. Um, again, as Daryl suggested, perhaps yeah, a stiffer test of stamina will suit in time, but learnt, there are races to be won with learnt a lot. And um, Saturday's could be the the start of things. So I'll go learnt a lot over... Uh, Joe the dancer, but it's uh, quite an interesting race. Although you sort of 
at first glance you think crikey why is this a televised saturday race but <laughs> once, you delve, <laughs> once you delve into it you think oh yeah there's a lot of a lot of interest here for the future i was the exact same as the fair review where i sort of saw it and i went back and i checked the schedule and i was like have i have i accidentally put in the first race and we're actually meant to be doing the second and no 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 there it is like you say televised but uh oh that's a that's a more of a positive spin on it then andrew thank you very much for that but learned a lot then for you back to ascot now for a handicap hurdle for three odds and over over two miles at 205 where any harm in asking is the current market leader at 10 to 3 or 130 for Mr. Amps. So back to you, Andrew. Now that uh, following my correct uh, reading of his current price. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, hang on, where the, oh yeah, Washington was the way I was going here. Um, if, if you look, at, if you look at this race, uh, sort of people will tell you, oh, you've got you've got to be a five or six year old, but um, four year olds um, only one from 26, um, but um, several of those finished second as well. Um, four of them finished second at. Uh, beat less uh, less than a length uh, 16 to 1 12 to 1 a couple of 8 to 1 shots so if you do fancy a four-year-old do not get carried away with those five and six-year-old stats it's a, a less enticing for those age seven or older um, not from 45 although we've only got um, one representative from that age group the one i was interested in was uh, another ollie murphy trained runner and that is washington who does seem just particular uh, to do um, a lot better when fresh and uh, you look at his record when he's been rested for six weeks or longer, five runs, four wins and a third from those runs. Um, yeah, he won first time out uh, last term at Bangor. He won first time out the year before at Fakenham. And it's just given him a break between his races. He seems very, very difficult to beat. And it's around about 10 to 1, sort of drifted from the, uh, the original um, price of sixes. But I can't necessarily see why. So uh, I'll go with him. Uh, the, other, the other interesting one for the future is Magistrata. Why the devil they're running him right-handed again? I don't know. Every every time he he hangs to the left, jumps to the left. You know, particularly when he's run this way round, he's had the the nickel wind up. He's got a new headgear combination. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see which way Magistrato goes. Um, probably into the stands and uh, um, the the um, the betting ring, I would think. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and another one to watch for the future. Perhaps you know he, he can show some promise and then win next time when he goes left-handed. Maybe in Newbury next month. Magistrato, that is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Magistrato in the betting ring. Watch for any promise when he's uh, <laughs> when he's going in a straight line, and then uh, then Lord help any of the fans there in the um, in the betting ring. Uh, but Washington, though the main play, like I say, he has drifted out then to ten to one for that fresh angle for Ollie Murphy's charge within this for Andrew Darrell. Who do you like? Washington. Um, <gasps> yeah, I, 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 I loved this horse all last season. Um, I was gutted he got beat at Aintree when I put him up. Um, I think he's got valid, valid excuses for, for his runs last year. Um, it, at Cheltenham, in, in the grade two behind I Like To Move It, who subsequently won, won the uh, Betfair Hurdle, or when come second in the Betfair Hurdle, uh, he just gave gave the winner a load of rope. And like he was just staying on strongly at the finish. And it was a very steadily run affair. And... The winner just got his everything his own, own way. It was a very, very similar story behind that story. Gino at the same venue on the new course next time. Um, again, he was he was finishing well. At Warwick, he should have beaten um, Barrichello and good risk at all, but he, he travelled beautifully in the race. Um, even, again, held up for slowly run race, but he travelled beautifully and made a mistake at the last, mm. nearly down on his nose, and he picked up again, but he just couldn't pick them two up, and Barrichello was, at the time, was absolutely thriving, one next time out, good risk at all, we know, one really well next time out. 
He dropped in great, dropped back into another turn or a sub or just, just bolted up very easily. And at eight three, um, despite the high top speed figure of 121, they steadied that pace right around the back. And he was caught for a lot further back than ideal. He was one of the only horses to come from out of the pack and chase down Hacker de Plassi. I had him on the figures, on the speed figures. I had him about eight lengths better than Hacker de Plassi on that occasion. And he's better off at the weights here today. I can't see how he's not in the free in this race. So I have backed him. I think he's well handicapped. I couldn't believe the handicapper left him alone all season. Effectively, he's only a pound higher than he was, um, or he's a pound lower when given a handicap mark last year. And he's done nothing but improve for me. So I think he's got a, a massive, massive chance. Uh, I think 10 to 1 is far too big. I would have him more of a second favourite in this. Um, I, I suppose the reason he's probably that big is because of the other horse in the race, um, which is the probably the most likely winner is Eddie Harmon Askin, who could be an absolute weapon. Now, this is going to be a big buzz horse for Twitter this this week, this Eddie Harmon. I mean, anyone sees that he's beaten Constitution Hill ahead and, and his point to point yeah. is going to just absolutely love this horse. But um, I wouldn't take that entirely, literally. I was going through it and I was, I was trying to work out how good this horse is and I, and I just couldn't really put my hand on it. He ran in three maiden novice hurdles and the, the initial thing to do is to ignore those runs because he's getting a handicap mark. But if you go back and watch him, he actually was being really ridden. You know, he was really there to win. Um, and he couldn't get it done. And whatever happened between December and January, something happened. I don't know what it is, but something happened with this horse because he's just turned it up a complete notch when he won at Catterick. Now, he wasn't beating a great deal, but his speed figures or his comparable times with any other race on the card... Were the same as uh, the horse that finished second at Anxley on Sunday. The other novice coming out, coming out, novice coming. I can't remember his name, um, but who has form that ties in with Washington, etc. Um, the, the time was really good, and he did it on the bridle. The annoying thing is, is that John Joe O'Neill has kept him in horses and kept him on a toy brain, and then just let him win in a canter. So we don't really know how good he is. Uh, everything's come out of one, including the race at Sedgefield. I, I think he could be very good. I've got him. I, he's definitely worthy of his mark, that's for sure. And he's open to further improvement. The slight concern with him is he's going right-handed for the first time. He does jump to the left. So that's a slight concern. The other thing I was thinking is why are they not running in the Greatwood next week, mm. which is worth a lot more money. Unless he is entered in the Greatwood, because I've backed him for it at double-figure price. But unless they're going to run here, Win or lose, they'll. If he wins, they'll get in under a penalty. If he gets well beaten, then he's needed the run, I suppose. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't quite work it out, but um, I'm going to have to have a couple of quid on him. I'm going to have to just because I think he he could literally be anything. Um, but Washington is a good each way bet, very very good each way bet. I think. Yeah, I mean, two solid cases made there. Like you say, you don't want to put off anyone. Off of any harm in asking as the current market leader because he probably is still a fair price. But yeah, that's interesting if he's in the Greatwood as well, then what exactly they're planning on doing with him. But you know, with this outfit, there will be a plan and there will be something that will probably transpire and pay off then in the long run. But Washington as well for Daryl at the each way price of 10 to 1. So like that a lot for the pair of you agreeing. We always like that. Right. It is listed action up next at Weatherby in the form of the Mayor's Hurdle for four year olds and over, over two miles at 220. Five, five runners here. Molly Ollie's wishes is back for more after her dominant win in this race last year. But Daryl, can she win it again? Uh, probably. I really don't like this race. I don't like yeah. it. Andrew loves him, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he does. Um, 
but I think Molly's always wishing to take take all the beating, really. But uh, I would have a strong opinion. I'm not going to have a better race. No, six to four she is currently market leader then to win this race again. Andrew, you do like these races. Um, not entirely sure why, but you do have a fair amount of success. So tell us who's going to win. Yeah, I do like these races because generally with mares at this sort of level, you can just ignore their runs against um, geldings and just um, you know, consider them on what they've done against their own sex. So you might find horses who've sort of you know, been <clears throat> running against the boys for a couple of runs and um, running poorly, and then they get priced up wrongly for their next race in mares only company. Um, I mean, Molly Ollie's wishes has won her last five races in Mayor's only company. She's won six of her last seven, six of 11 in her career. Um, she won this as a seven-year-old last year. It, it does tend to have gone to the uh, to the older mares in recent years after we had, a, I think, four-year-olds win it a few times in a row. But since then, it's all been the the older generation. She, she's got obvious claims, six, six to four, though, nothing to write home about. And the other one I love is Martello Sky. Um her hurdling still leaves something to be desired, but she's got a good record in small fields. She tends to struggle when she's crowded. Um, she's had eight runs in her career in fields of nine or fewer runners. She's won seven of them. Um, the slight concern is that it's Weatherby on softish ground early season, and that means the inside of the track is generally where you don't want to be. She tends to race more prominently. Molly Ollie's wishes when when she won this last year wide round the outside under Harry Skelton. So I think Martello Sky will finish second to to Molly Ollie's wishes. So not um, particularly um, exciting, to, you know, or um, controversial to say that because they're you know, favourite and second favourite. But there's your exactor. Exactly. Don't say you weren't told. No, <laughs> don't don't come back at us and say that. Yeah, Molly Ollie's wishes from Martello Sky. Then you're one two at Weatherby for Andrew, the ladies' man for the mayor's races mount. <laughs> right, we have the competitive handicap chase at Ascot in the form of a premier handicap for four-year-olds and over over two miles and a half of furlong at two forty, where it's nine to do the field with before midnight leading the way. But I have two to take before midnight onward. The first being Ferrero Bamboo, who will be one of the first Venetia Williams runners out for quite a while on Saturday. And I really like this lad, who I just think has much more to offer still. Now, he was well beaten in this race last year. Centre for his favourite, could only finish fourth, obviously promoted to third, then beaten 19 lengths with the disqualification of Amula Gold. Um, about a year later, he got disqualified. But he's really bounced back to much better form, though, than after that last season, gaining a really decisive win at Lingford in January in deep ground. I still think he will hopefully cope with this better ground, and if not, we know that Venetia won't run him. And I still think there's more mileage in this mark, which remains the same as his disappointing effort on that final start of last season. And just never travelling at Aintree, but hopefully a freshen up We'll see him in a better light. And I also like, and I'm fascinated by, the outsider of the field in Daily Tiger. Stable debut here for Laura Morgan, previously in the Gigginstown Colours when trained by Noel Mead, sold for £40,000. It's become a bit of a cliche itself nowadays, hasn't it, of Laura Morgan just being able to revitalise her recruits, no matter what level they were running at beforehand. Uh, she's just brilliant, isn't she? And he was given £4 back for his down the field effort in the Galway plate. So this mark still feasible for him, provided the switch of yards has freshened him up. So there's two for me, Andrew. You can do likewise if you want. Yeah, I think, I think I've got a short list of fiver, which isn't particularly <laughs> helpful. I mean, Amula Gold has um, won this race for the last two years. I mean, from betting, I, I know uh, he was subsequently disqualified um, for whatever reason last time, but it, for betting purposes, he's won it for, for the last twice, obviously being aimed at this race again. 
Uh, Nasserland's got a wonderful record when fresh. Uh, its first two runs each season are when rested for more than six weeks after. Five wins from five starts. He won the novice handicap chase on this card last year. Uh, so he's obviously been targeted at this meeting. Uh, Ferrero Bamboo Roche, the um, uh, <laughs> uh, Venus Williams horse. I mean, uh, Venus has got a fantastic record at this, uh, you know, at Ascot in sort of October, November time, which I think is just this meeting really, isn't it? Um, what, what is she, 18, 18 winners from 98 in the last 25 years, which as far as my database goes back, profit of almost £55. Um, she, so she always targets this meeting. Generally speaking, if you could choose the ground for her runners at this time of year, you'd want heavy or at least soft. Maybe it is on the quick side. But although she, you know he was well beaten this last year, he did a, a, a bit too much too soon, I think. The winner, the second, the third came from well off the pace. And he was best of the prominent races on in fourths, so I'd give him a good chance. And like you say, the um, the outsiders, I mean, you've got uh, Daily Tiger. We were talking about this off air before we, we started recording. You can back all Laura Morgan trained chasers and make a very good profit over the years. And, uh, and Joke Dancer was another one, Sue Smith. Um, I, I lay Sue Smith um, seasonal debutants at this time of year because they always need to run. Um, they've got a terrible record. I laid Joke Dancer at Weatherby last time, win and place. And my God, he came there to win the race. I was absolutely pooing it. And uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, as it was, he finished second three lengths behind El Baraccio in a, th- in a three three runner race. And um, so I thought it was interesting that he's out again 17 days later, coming all the way south for a run. Um, you know, probably don't want to waste the diesel money. I'll go for uh, I'll go Ferrero Bamboo uh, of of the ones I like, um, but I will be throwing a few quid at Joke Dancer as well. Love that. Ferrero Bamboo then for you and I. Yeah, Venetia Williams, according to Andrew's pronunciation there, she's not bad with a tennis racket or training horses either, old Venus there. So <laughs> Ferrero Bamboo for Andrew and I then. Uh, Daryl, who do you like? Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was a good race, but I couldn't really pin the colours to a mast, really. I, I, I wanted to be against before midnight. I'm not a massive fan of that horse. I think it's too high in the handicap for what he's achieved. Um, Ferrero Roche or Bam Ferrero Bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> you decided it now. <laughs> Ferrero, Ferrero Bamboo. I thought he went off favourite for this race last year, didn't he? At four yeah. to one. I thought he just jumped poorly. I thought um he got hampered really at the start. And I thought he just knocked his confidence a bit and he just he just jumped poorly. I thought he actually did quite well to only be beating 19 lengths considering it's very hard to come from off the pace at Ascot as well. You, you kind of want to be, want to be. I know Amuda Gold's got a great record to come off the pace, but he's, he seems to be a specialist at uh, doing so. Uh, Nassalam I'd be against just because he he jumps violently out to his left. He got away with it last year when beating Solo, but um, I, I didn't look fondly on that performance really on the left hand, on a right-handed track. Um, Diego de Charmel is an interesting runner. He's uh, got Freddie Ginger on. He's t- claiming ten pounds off. He's effectively off, off one three four or whatever now. Um, but he's traded at six to four or shorter eight times in his career and been beaten. Like, mm-hmm. and he, do you remember when he? Do you remember when he threw Capeland through that through the wing of the fence in this race? Yeah. In this race, it was in this race. Yeah. But like, there's something going on up up there with him, isn't there? Um. Mm. So, so I don't know. Gumball's interested back over fences, but I, I like it when he goes from the front. Paddy Brennan, whenever he's been on board, holds him up at the rear of the field. So I, I couldn't really pin my colours to him. I, I mean, I, I'll go and Moolah Gold just just tentatively, but I thought it was a fascinating race. I can't wait to watch it, but from a betting perspective, it's, it's not for me, really. Yeah, like I say, it is, it is fascinating, isn't it? But Moolah Gold to 
sort of bring up the hat trick in this race um for all the goofies <laughs> qualified last year but yeah 11 to 2 though still for for a horse that absolutely loves this course and distance in this race in particular grade two action up next in the form of the west yorkshire hurdle uh for four year olds and over over three miles at three o'clock at weatherby six runners here sporting john makes his reappearance still over hurdles after really improving for being turned into a staying hurdler last season but daryl indefatigable is back for more of this race who i think at least one of you two tipped up to win this race last year i can't remember who but uh yeah do you like it this time around or something else yeah, now that'd be Andrew. He absolutely adores this horse. That children run at 40 to 1 where she fell when in contention. I mean, I just would love, <laughs> love to have seen what would have happened. I'm sure she should have been in the places, but we'll never know. Mm. <laughs> um, I thought Sport, I thought Sporting John was at the, the right favourite, in all honesty. Um, I, 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 he should be maybe a little bit shorter. I know you can sort of look at his form and say he's been winning handicaps, but he's been doing it lumping around a load of weight. Uh, he's he's obviously missed Miss Cheltenham and Angry. I can't remember what the reason was for. Is he injured? Wasn't he? I actually can't remember. I can't, I was yeah. trying to think that myself why we didn't see him again. But um, I just remember reading that he was out for Cheltenham and Angry and didn't yeah. understand why. Maybe he's one to tread carefully with at the top of the market. But but it probably drift on the day. But um, I think he's got likable claims. I think he's still improving. I think there's more to come from him. Uh, this division has been a very stale division for for quite a while now. Um, and for me, I just thought if there was going to be someone that's going to break it, break it open, it, it probably could be him this season. Uh, it's seven going into his eight-year-old season. There's still definitely improvement to come from him. Uh, respecting the fastball, uh, Proshigma, I don't think he stays. I really don't. Um, every time he's run, run over three miles, I've, I've clocked his figures. and it, like It's been slowly run racing to turn into sprints as this was last year. I'm just not convinced he really stays. Um, I thought three under through five and Oscar Elite were both very interesting. I can't believe Oscar Elite's a 22 to one shot and three under through five is a 13 to two shot. That that's wrong. That you know that that's that's very wrong. Oscar Elite finished well ahead of him in the Bartlett, um, and three under through five was sort of all over the place. It takes a while to gather his stride. Uh, look, I tell you what, I'll, I'll just based on price, I'll, I'll go Oscar Elite to, okay. to for an each way each way bet. First two places, Oscar Elite. Oh, well, yeah, 22 to 1 then for the outsider of the field, like you say, for the purposes of this podcast, then from price dictated Oscar Elite outsider of the field each way for Daryl. Andrew, are you sticking with your lovely mayor? Yeah, I'll stick with my lovely mayor. Uh, I've no strong opinion, to be honest, but given the indefatigable one last year and Prashima was second, I'll probably do the total exact to that pair to finish 1 2 again. I mean, Prashima came there cruising on the outside last year, and as Daryl said, perhaps didn't stay. Uh, we've seen time and time again um, hurdles, softish ground, early season at Weatherby. You want to be wide round the outside. Prashima had the perfect run through, but couldn't go through with it. So probably indefatigable to confirm the form. Uh, the, the fascinating one for me is three under through five. This is a horse who jumped violently out to his right at Cheltenham last time in grade one uh, chase company, as he had done several times before. He's never lost going right-handed, four from four. You know, often winning by wide margins. I thought it was potential King George horse, and uh, um, it was beating the odds on first time out last season. It looks like this is just you know a prep. Um, you know, and I'd, he's entered at Newbury, I think, isn't he? Um, but I'd love to see him go right-handed and uh, rock up in the King George at thirty-three to one or bigger and uh, surprise a few people. So it's a fascinating race, you know, for the um, you know, for, with a few clues for the rest of the season, but. So for Saturday's race, indefatigable for me. 
Oh, good. Indefatigable then to to win again here. But yeah, I mean, three under three, five, maybe one for your notebooks uh, for later on in the season, back over fences and over staying trips and right-handed again then. It is more competitive action at Asuka in the form of another Premier Handicap chase this time. It is the Bato London Gold Cup for four-year-olds and over, over three miles at 3.15. Wide open race again. And again, I'm bottling it because I'm siding with two. <laughs> the first being T Clipper who should be set right for this on the back of his second last time out at Chepstow when bumping into Peregrine Run, who made the most of his fitness in a British handicap. But T-Clipper ran a solid race, means he has incurred a three-pound rise, but he's fit, consistent, and just a solid play for me. And I also like up the straight at 18 to 1, as I couldn't resist that price about another horse who comes here on the back of a fair enough reappearance when second at Fontwell last time out behind a revitalised Milton Harris horse who collared him on the run-in after he idled when hitting the front too soon. Hopefully that won't happen here. Off the same mark. Step up in trip, I think, will suit him. So there's another two for me, Andrew. Who do you like? Yeah, a bit gutted about T Clipper last time. I've been sort of tipped him up at nine to four, seen yeah. him go off at eleven to eight and get chinned a neck. Um mm -hmm. after trading about ten to one on, but uh, that's raised. Yeah, he's he's a March to October sort of, you know, good ground horse, isn't he? And uh, he was uh, laid out for one of the handicaps at the Chartwell Festival last year after gaining chase experience in, in sort of grade one, grade two company, which is pretty clever because he he finished sort of like well beaten at three times, but still finished, uh, still got 20 grand prize money for his troubles. Um, yeah, there's a good race in him, I think, whether it's this one, if, if there is any more rain between now and Saturday, maybe, maybe not. I'll, I'll probably just leave him alone. I'm just going to, you know, for the purpose of this video, I've not really done enough work on this race yet to be confident. But I love Regal Encore. He's a 14-year-old, but the fact they've kept him in training and they've returned him to a race in which he was placed last year at his favourite track. He's had 15 runs in his career at Ascot. Um, he's finished in the first three in 10 of those 15 starts. Uh, I've been watching the prices. He's gone from 25 into 18 to 1 since we started recording this video. Um, so I, th I think this is the swan song. You, you know, I can imagine him running a really big race here and being retired afterwards. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Regal Encore to uh, go out on a hike. Yeah, he's just wonderful, isn't he? Like I say, 14 years old. I think it's Anthony Honeywell's wife or something that rides him every day as well. They absolutely adore him. So this might just be a final hurrah then for Regal Encore at 18 to 1 being backed in, as Andrew says. Daryl, any stronger opinions? Yeah, I'm with Regal Encore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've already, I've already backed him. I thought Anthony would have him absolutely cherry ripe, spot on for the last crack of his career. He's well handicapped. Yes, he's a 14 or going 15, but this is his gold cup, I think, today. Whereas I think a lot of these are prepping for bigger targets down the line. I know this is mm. worth a good prize still, but. Um, they're not going to be too disheartened if they if they get beaten. They've got the rest of the lot of staying chases to come this season. Um, whereas I thought this was the one and only opportunity now for Regal Encore. And uh, yeah, I thought he had a great record. I, I thought he's got a great record at the track. I thought the handicap has been fairly lenient, dropping him in the weights fairly quickly, given his age. Sometimes when they get to that age, despite how they're running, they still drop him very quickly. Look, to ask him to win is a big, big ask. Um, but to ask him to get in the first four or five, I think, is a good bet at 18, 20 to 1. So, yeah, Regal Encore was the one I was with. It's the only one I wanted to be with as well. 
Oh, the only one as well. Oh, I don't know why I get so sort of whimsical about horses like this. This is the beauty of jumps racing, isn't it? And the fact that both of you sided with him probably is also why he's been clipped in as well from 25 to 1 into 18 to 1 for the old boy, Regal Encore. 14 going on 15 running in this race on a Saturday at Ascot. Just awesome, awesome stuff. And our final race is the big one. It's the Grade 2 Charlie Hall Chase for five rods and over, over three miles. And what drama we had in this race last year. But again, we have a fascinating clash, though, this time around. Brave Man's Game versus Ahoy Senor. If my maths are correct, I think this is mark four of between this battle between these two. The old rivalry back again. Love to see it. Daryl, who wins it? Do you remember who, who tipped the winner in this race last year? What, the actual winner or the what should have won? No, the actual Or the moral winner. The mo <laughs> yeah, the you moral winner or the actual winner. <laughs> you two tipped the moral winner. <laughs> and buy a little futsal raffles game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. Um, the more, yeah, the moral winner or the actual winner. I know you were the one who was better off. <laughs> oh, well, I got paid. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I tried to I tried to dine out on my moral winnings last night. I got short shrift from the restaurant. <laughs> um, what what a great race. What a fantastic race this year. Um mm. I think I think they've got the wrong favourite. I think they've got completely the wrong favourite. I don't, for me, like Brave Man's Game is a great horse, a gorgeous looking horse. I can't have, I can't have that he left his race at Cheltenham and didn't run his race at Aintree. Yeah. I can't have that at all. Um, I think Hoy Senor is the faster horse. I think he's the strongest stayer. Um, he's definitely not the best jump, better jumper, but the fact that he still absolutely destroyed him at Aintree and still lost that ground going out to the right. Golly, some weapon. Um, if he's fit and well, and I suspect that, you know, this would have been an early season target for them. I don't think he's just going to be, you know, dotting around here. But I, I think he's an absolute weapon. I really do. I went and did, um, don't take this literally, but I went and just did the, just the loads of comparisons of his time with his entry win. The day before, Clanders over had run. Now, the reason not to take this literally is because they've had a bit of rain that day. It may have dried overnight. It's two days. You shouldn't, you shouldn't compare, right? But just for context and a bit of fun. He was a 49 lengths faster than Clanders over was. 49 lengths. Now, even if you give, give or take 20, 25 lengths for the crown, like it was ridiculous. If you compare it to Fakir Dalderis, who ran on the same day over two miles four as a hoist in your did, he was only nine lengths slower on the final circuit than Fakir Dalderi. Like, that was a seriously, seriously impressive performance. And he achieved his our highest RPR of 166 when winning that race. Brave Man's Game achieved his highest RPR of 165 when beating Pat's Fancy by three lengths at Newbury. Like, I do think that a lot of this... I know he beat a horse in your on a right-handed track, Kempton. I don't think the horse in your was well-suited at all by the track. And I think there's valid excuses. But Brave Man's game has now been behind him twice, and I and and Hoyson, you're still not favourite. I, I I don't I don't get it. I think the prices are completely wrong. I think it's Brave Man's game that's now got to prove that he's better than a Hoyson. You're the fact that Brave Man's game's never been here either, um, and the fact that Hoyson, you has got a a, a great uh, course win over Noble Yates, a Grand National winner to, to his to his name here. I think it stacks up fine. I know what they're trying to do. They put a secret investor in here, Bryony Frostod, to try and hassle him for the lead. But I actually think if he gets a, when he gets a horse upside him, I actually think he jumps straight up. So I think it'll actually benefit him. Um, I, I think he's the best horse in the race. I think he's the one over to most improvement. I think he's exciting for the future. 
I think he'll take a world of beating. I think nine to four is a great price. Oh, I love it. Love it. Totally agree with everything you said there, Daryl. Bullish as it comes and totally agree with you as well. I mean, I think we were we were both on him, weren't we, when um, in the Mild Bay? Uh, yeah, yeah, last time out as well to overturn Brave Man's game. So why would we desert him now? Was I just knocked my drink over? Uh, why would we desert him now as Brave Man's game is currently the, the three to two market leader? Weird price. Um, but yeah, ahoy, senor, then for Daryl and I, Andrew, who do you like? Yeah, I've bet. Eldorado Allen uh, anti-post. Um, I thought, like you guys, though, that Ahoy Senor deserved more respect in the market, probably should be favourite. I, I still think he's going to end up over hurdles at some stage this season, probably with a long walk or a uh, or, or the entry um, a stairs hurdle. I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that he's, he's all there in the jumping department. But Eldorado Allen's got a fantastic record when fresh. I mean, you look at his, he's four from four in um, October and November as well. Uh, his seasonal debut record is, um, you know, three wins and a three quarters of a length second in a, in a handicap by from four starts. Uh, and I thought ev everything's right for him to run a big race here. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting a, they're not sending him for the Howden Gold Cup, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, each way would be a, you know, a, a good angle. I mean, I, I suppose now I'll back him to win. I'll probably put him in an exact to finish second to a Hoy Senor if that one just like blasts off and wins by 30 lengths as he has got the potential to do. Mm. But I, I thought he was the one that was perhaps a shade overpriced in the race. But it's an absolute cracker. But yeah, quite happy to take on Brave Man's game. Oh, perfect. So we're all taking on the market leader, Brave Man's game, the El Dorado Allen, yeah, last year's Holden Gold Cup winner. Uh, in this context, to take on these new up and coming second season novice chasers, then. So, really, really exciting there with Charlie Hall this year. So, Andrew, I'll throw it back to you, please, for anything from anywhere else. Yeah, at uh, Newmarket in the 323, a horse of Brian Means called Lawful Command. Uh, this one was a big eye catcher. Uh, in the Britannia handicap when doing second best of those to race up with the pace at Royal Ascot. And it, this one uh, so it generally needs um, sort of seven furlongs or a mile on softish ground. Got a really good record in the autumn and the and spring. Won twice around this time last year. And uh, since stepped up to seven furlongs, is four wins from four starts in, in the spring or autumn. Been off the track for 92 days, coming back fresh, um, fresh than most of his rivals. So lawful command. And then the uh, the 508 Astral Bow for Pam Sly. Got a really good record at seven furlongs, uh, particularly since the cheap pieces went on. Bit unlucky to bump into Yanifer at York last time. And of course, Yanifer's, I think, won twice since then. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, lawful command, Astral Bow, both at Newmarket. Like it a lot from Andrew. Daryl, anything for anywhere else? No, I have nothing under my hat. <laughs> I I'm, like I'm the metaphor. Other than a shaved head. <laughs> the literal metaphor that you've just managed to produce to us to explain that. I appreciate that a lot. Okay, then, Daryl, back to you, please, for your nap. Oh, I think I, I like a hoist in your. I think it's a very fair price. But I think what an each way bet on Washington is the probably the way to, to play a decent price for, for a place if if any harm in asking isn't is again there's another weapon so yeah washington i think each way naps perfect yeah, that's all right because you because i thought you were going to go a hoist in your because i'm going a hoist in your on the 335 at weatherby so thank god daryl's managed to to allow me that one andrew who do you like it could be a weapon uh, that one earlier on today at Worcester. i'm surprised daryl didn't nap it um <laughs> there's liberal, liberal use of the word weapon today 
Uh, I'll go lawful commander the three twenty three, but yeah, I've got more work to do on the um, on the non televised racing. So uh, check my column as ever and uh, see what I come up with for Saturday. As ever, like you say, all of the lads and all of their selections then will be in their columns for the weekend when they've done a bit more work on it for the rest of the day. But thank you so much to the lads for all of their hard work as per usual. Thank you to you for watching. Best of luck with your selections this weekend and enjoy the jumps being back. <laughs>